0: Before we begin, we have an updated message from our director, Shoni Courier.
1: Hi everyone, Uh, this is Shoni. It has been a really long week, right? Um, (laughs) I just came from walking my kids around the Bates campus, which is totally empty. And my heart just breaks that it won't be full of dancers this summer we had an amazing season planned and we will happily be able to reschedule some of those shows and our teaching faculty was outstanding and we will hopefully see a lot of them in summer of 21 if people's schedules allow it and the applications that had come in were incredible And so I really hope to see so many dancers in summer of 21. We have to look to the future, right? We have to stay where we are right now and do what is best for the good of public health and for the people who are highest risk and for the incredible essential workers who are out there making sure some of us can stay home. And we all just have to do the best we can right now. And so if that means you stream a live performance or you take a class in your kitchen or you just veg out on your couch, however we get through this time, just get through it in the way that feels best for you. And I will get through it chasing my kids around and hoping to uh, create some online programming and some in-life programming in the future. And I'm just going to put all of my heart and soul and energy into our Gibney intensive in January of 21, our rescheduled performances in spring of 21, and our incredible 2021 Bates Dance Festival. I hope to see so many of you
0: there. Thanks for sticking with us. Welcome to Inside Dance, a podcast that celebrates the Bates Dance Festival artists and teachers. I'm your host, Lindsay LaPointe. This episode features Jennifer Archibald, who is the founder and artistic director of Arch Dance Company and program director of ArchCore 40 Dance Intensives. She's a graduate of the Alvin Ailey School and the Maggie Flanagan Acting Conservatory, where she studied the Miser technique. Jennifer has choreographed for the Atlanta Ballet, Ailey II, Cincinnati Ballet, Ballet Memphis, Kansas City Ballet, Tulsa Ballet, Canadian Contemporary Dance Theater, and worked commercially for Tommy Hilfiger, Nike, and Mac Cosmetics. The interview you're about to hear was recorded in 2013.
2: I am originally from Toronto, Canada and I began dancing. I started conservatory training really young at the National Ballet of Canada and uh, went to an arts high school and went to York University and um, I was definitely uh, classically trained throughout my childhood and close to the beginning of Um, At the end of high school and the beginning of um, university, I belonged to a dance crew and I started um, (coughs) dancing with a group of guys doing house and doing breaking. And then I uh, started dancing when I went out at night for hours. And it definitely, you know, started developing that aesthetic and also started to develop my ability to freestyle and to improvise. And when I moved to New York City to go to the Ailey School, I continue to, to, to work on the technique of hip hop while I was being um, classically trained at the Ailey School. When you're going clubbing, that's really how you learn. You learn it when you're on the street, and it's like the, the, the authenticity of movement is will really get through your body if, it's not, if, if you're learning it from the streets. And as an international student, when you move to the United States, it's uh, essential that you study, you you work within your field of study. And I didn't really have any other choice but to find a dance job or to teach. So I immediately started teaching uh, hip hop when I, like my, probably four months into moving into New York. And I started teaching at the Dance Space Center, and which is now called Dance New Amsterdam. And I've been teaching there. I've been teaching hip hop technique ever since. And uh, that just, that's what began my career as, as a teacher within, within New York. There was other studios that I, um, that I was getting jobs at, like outside of Manhattan. But I think the one that really uh, began to catapult my career was teaching at Dance New Amsterdam. I don't teach a lot of, uh, breaking in my classes. I do a new combination every single class so that it's important that my students have a wide range of all the different, uh, well, there's a lot, there's so many, there's, in order to get work, like commercially, there's a lot of different, I don't want to say style because the, the style of hip hop is, that, that's what it is. But there's, um, there's such a huge range of movements that need to uh, be understood within the body, whether it's pop and locking, whether it's the isolations and the waving, and then there's breaking, there's footwork. It's like there's just so much that's put in that's, that's, that you need to know. And I try to uh, apply a lot of these different movements within a combination and not just focus on, on one thing. I mean, I'm known to be really strict, but uh, I, think, I think it's important for me that these dancers learn, e- even though they're learning the hip-hop aesthetic, they're learning projection, they're learning uh, the, the discipline of how hard it is to make it within this industry. And um, just, I just want them to be the best that they could possibly be. So, um I just put a hundred percent into
3: um into my work so that uh they can they can um so that their dreams can come true. Because I know um being an artist is uh not the easiest thing to do. It's not the easiest path to take. And uh if I can put my whole heart and soul into in, into them then um, hopefully they can leave the classroom wanting more. I just, it's important
2: for me that my, st- my students are successful because when you're teaching, you are mentoring,
3: you're mentoring these students. And um, they want, and they may not admit to wanting to be, to do this for their lives, but um, a lot of them secretly they do. And uh, if I can give them Every tool that I possibly can, in order for them to to, to make that happen, then, then I will, because uh, I think a good teacher doesn't doesn't stop teaching as soon as they walk out of the room, and, and I think the amount of time that we invest uh, in them emotionally is uh, is uh, is essential for these for these kids. Um, yeah, it's like I teach, I teach. I teach a hip-hop technique and I can teach you how to isolate and I can give you, you know, there's a lot of things that I can can teach you, but um, half of this,
2: a lot of this career is based on um, how strong you are mentally. I teach very quickly, and I make sure that I set what is expected of them from the first day I walk into that door, and I think if the dancers are open and they're ready to rise to the occasion, then four days with me or two weeks with me doesn't make a difference. Um, I definitely put 250% into my work as soon as I walk into that door, and um, as long as they're ready to, to, to take it all in, then um, time doesn't affect how much I can uh, teach you. I have a, a dancer that um, decided to move from France when she was 16. Her parents allowed her to move to New York City to go to the Ailey School. And um, she was actually uh, a student of a friend that I went to Ailey with. And my friend walked her in the door and was like, you know, she's going to be here by herself. Just look out for her. And, um, you know, I think a lot of conservatory programs are extremely difficult mentally. And she... uh, would come to study with me after she finished school at Ailey. And I think 16 is really young to move to New York by herself. And I just tried to um, kind of introduce the possibilities of working commercially and also working through concert dance and tried to uh, open her eyes to how important it was to be versatile. And um, she After about, after one year of graduating out of that program, she was able, she was coming out of these auditions and beating out like 200 to 250 girls. And she's only, she wasn't even 20 yet. And when you move to New York and you want to dance, there's a lot of things that can distract you, whether it's going out at night or whether it's the alcohol or whether it's, there's a lot of, like New York City, can be crazy and um, I kind of you know I I didn't want to turn into anyone's mom but if there was stuff that was going on that I didn't think that was appropriate I I made sure that I kept her uh, focused and um, I think if you really want to dance you have to put in those hours and making a decision to you know to go out until 3 o'clock in the morning is gonna affect the way you uh, execute in the morning and um, She's just, she's, she's on tour right now, and uh, she is working with the um, Steps on Broadway ensemble, and she's able to work with video artists and also work um, with concert dance. That, st- that, that ensemble uh, through Steps on Broadway is uh, opening um, a network of choreographers that are coming in, that, that you know, that. Would know who she is and would be able to cast her and uh it's it's I, I i think it's great that you have choreographers from all these different genres of dance that know who she is and that are interested in her and um it just opens more doors um I think hip hop has influenced contemporary dance in the u s uh, it's 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 become such a global attraction that a lot of dancers are even being more exposed to it even at the conservatory level and I think people are starting to realize that they can't kind of shut the door on it because even um, like beyond even ballet companies starting to develop repertoire that is not so classical and not so like they're looking for change and um the aesthetic requires such a huge range of dynamics that it is something that dancers can really uh they 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 can change their ability to 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 move i know that's like it's just it's something that allows uh, it, it provides a range it provides a range of dynamics that is just i think i think it just gives a dancer like uh, like a range it's like just it, it's a it's a matter of like increasing the glossary of terms you've got something in your back pocket that you can throw out in e- even when you're that when you're improvising there's there's certain things that you know durrell Jones did uh, durrell was doing yesterday um in BB Miller's work that you could just there's the hip hop there's an underlying um, hip hop aesthetic within within their movement and uh I think if you know hip hop well you can see it but if some people don't even realize that they're doing it when they 're doing it and um you know hip hop is is culturally because it has kind of taken over well, through through music and it's it, it's much more um present in our worlds, than we probably think it is. And uh, I think we're just at a a stage in dance where they're just more, more open to hip hop choreographers coming in the door. Um, I uh, recently been commissioned to work with Atlanta ballet and daily too. And I think that those opportunities kind of co-sign that, um, that the hip hop technique is, is here and it's here to stay. And um I know that a huge part of me being able to book commissions like that is because I'm classically trained. But um hip hop has a huge uh has a huge impact on the way I choreograph. And um I know it's definitely made me the choreographer. If I didn't have that aesthetic in me, then I, I, I wouldn't be the choreographer that I that I am. People always ask me if um which one do I prefer, whether it's um, hip-hop or contemporary, and it's ideally I want a dancer that can do both. It's not one or the other. It took me years to um, kind of get Dance New Amsterdam to allow me to start teaching um, contemporary technique. And, um, you know, if you, if you ask me to teach a master classic and I can do whatever I want, I would teach a contemporary and hip-hop. It would be, it w- it would be a clear fusion of the two it wouldn't just be one. Well years ago, when I, when I first started choreographing, I only had um, dancers that could do hip hop by itself and contemporary by itself. And I definitely, um, like when you, when you read reviews, it just, like the fusion wasn't there. But I also didn't have dancers that could execute that. And that's also another reason, ha- that's another reason why you know hip-hop has had a huge impact on dance, because now we are training dancers. A new generation of dancers are coming up that can execute at, at that level of, of, um, of ballet, contemporary, and hip-hop. They're more versatile because they know that they need to get work, that um, the choreographers are coming into the studios and, and asking that of them. So we're 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 preparing the next generation to, to work at that level, and um, my company has been able to to grow. I've been able to grow artistically, and I'm I'm continuously trying to make this like a seamless, make the work seamless on stage, and and, and it's challenging because I still have you know ballet dancers walking up to me saying you know I I don't want to take that hip hop class. I don't want to look like an idiot. But at the same time, it can turn like four pirouettes into something even fiercer. My younger experiences of balancing commercial and, and concert dance was really well. I, if I can do, if I can hang in both worlds, then I'll just show up to all these different auditions. Um, now I, I kind of look at it as, it, it, comes, it comes down to like financial reasons. Um, I can choreograph a commercial or a video and make a large sum of money in a very short period of time. And concert dance is something that in all honesty just provides more substance and more grounding and I feel like I'm really crafting and investigating. And it's just, that that's what keeps me whole so that's, that's it, 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 it's, it, it's a quick buck. That's what commercial, that, that, for me, that's, that's what it is. And maybe in the past two years, you have producers and directors coming out of the commercial industry that are asking something for a little bit more substance because, you know, you, you see the, the, the different dynamics in commercials and you, like, there's, there's something that's changing. They're like, Let's, maybe we should be artsy today. You know, like there, you can definitely see there's something changing there, but um, when it comes to down to the, the contracts, it's it, it's really it's really money. Well, I um, just finished a nine week residency with the um, uh, with, with Alvin Ely. It's, uh, it was called the New Directions Lab, and uh, Laura Four actually was the person that recommended me. Um, to Robert Battle for this and it was probably the first time where I had to literally slow myself down in the studio and really focus on what exactly I need to achieve uh, in my choreographic voice and um, my mentor was Gus Solomon and I had never met him before and he he kinda just made me realize what my habits were. I think as a hip hop dancer, when you come from freestyling in a club for hours, my ability to improv and create things on the spot are advanced. And I would go into that default and choreograph I, um, when, I got, when I got works to, when, when I was getting jobs to do residencies or I need to set peace on 16 students in two weeks, I was able to dish out that material really quickly. Um, my habit of being able to create a new combination every single class is not probably the most normal thing. And um, I, would, I was beginning to go into residencies and setting work by that default and not even really thinking about the structure or what I really wanted to achieve and the formula that you were seeing on stage was beginning to be similar and I needed someone to point that out to me so now when I go I like I knew maybe in the second week of that residency where I was like I'm doing it again and this has got to stop if I need my, my work to make a shift. And um, I think that was probably the best nine weeks I ever had in order to really um, get a good grasp on, on how my work can start to change and where I want my work to go. And I uh, also wanted to implement the, the skills that I learned in um, in, in, my, in my acting, because after I went to ALE, I went to uh, an acting conservatory for two years and studied the Meisner technique. And that was kind of the goal of that nine-week residency to figure out how I could apply the Meisner technique to my work. And applying I- and working, wi- working with uh, acting within a dancer was something that I never really had the time to touch on when you're trying to dish out a piece in two weeks. So um, I was able to develop those skills, and uh, I'm now trying to take what I learned within that residency and apply it to the dance company members that I'm working with now. And I've got two dance company members that have been with me for about four years that are going to be performing in the Different Voices Showcase at Bates Dance Festival. Um, the two dancers are Mei Yamanaka and Masu and they've been taking contemporary and hip hop with me in New York City for a while now. And the duet that I created uh, was actually a duet that I that developed right after that residency that I did at Ailey. And I think it's—I don't usually love the work that I do, but it's something that is the first time where I looked at it and I was like, I think I can keep this, you know, because I always change. I, I'll always like move to the next thing. And um, I just think it's it's something that is better.
3: I've been doing this since I was a little girl, you know, just, I just was, I was uh, my mom was talking about this, that I was like listening to like random soundtracks when I was like six and like choreographing in the basement. Like this is just, this is what I do. Um I listen to I have a huge library of music.
2: I have about I walk around with this big backpack of like four hard drives. And uh I just I'm a people watcher. I'm not a talker. And
3: um I think um a good artist is uh insightful insightful and um, has good instincts and is also very honest. And um, I think if you live that way, you are extremely open to your work. And I think if you're that open, you can can walk into the studio and create at, uh, at a really truthful level. And um, I think that's what I learned in, um, in acting, like I knew I did that, but when you have someone
2: telling you that you need to be that way before you walk onto the stage, you're just like, oh, okay, it kind of puts things into perspective. So, um,
3: yeah, kind of what you see is what you get. It's just, yeah, it is what it is. There was moments where I had to prove that this decision was going to be
2: uh, was was going to be successful, and also was going to uh, then I'd be able to take care of myself. You know, that's that, that's a huge thing that you need to kind of convince your parents that uh, I'll be all right. You know, but um. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine doing anything else. I've only had two other jobs. I worked in retail once for like a month. That didn't work out. And then I um, I used to work in a bank before I moved here. And before I moved to New York. And I've been working in dance ever since I got to New York. I didn't have any other, yeah. I never waited tables and never did anything. It's only been, I've been working in what I said I was going to work in. I am at fault for not enjoying the the moments that I've gotten. Like I, There's moments where I'm just like... I think I had one revelation where I was on a plane to Sweden, and I was like, I'm doing this internationally. I remember that. I remember I was like, holy shit. And that this actually is working. I'm doing this. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not... I kind of have like this checklist, and I just check things off and then go to the next thing, which probably isn't the greatest thing. So it's like, yeah, I'm in, I'm enjoying myself, but it's like I think when you're dealing with someone that has like a a drive, like a intense drive, it's uh, hard for you. It's hard to just kind of sit back and go on a vacation just because you've gotten a contract that you've been dreaming of for a while Mm -hmm. because I'm just kind of on to the next thing. But that's just my personality though. (laughs) I would like to choreograph a a show on, on, on Broadway with substance. I would like to choreograph, uh, a major crazy off the top show in Vegas. Um, if I could have a dance company that tours beyond the U.S., then even better. And um, I think I'm gonna have to have uh, a building in order for all of this to kind of have a home place. And um, I, I don't know. Just, just just keep getting more commissions. I think I think I've kind of strategically put st- been putting things in place. You know, I've I've taught at a lot of different places and um that kind of allowed me to to bring in more contracts as a choreographer and uh for me to set work on on major dance companies would would uh would be a dream come true. But that's I think that's that's just the beginning of getting more exposure and once you get that exposure you can move on to like the bigger picture and really um kind of leave leave your name in in history
0: this concludes season one of inside dance thank you to all the listeners Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud for notifications on Season 2. Although the festival for 2020 has been canceled, this podcast will continue to run and provide you with many interviews from our archives. Inside Dance was produced by the Bates Dance Festival. Editing was done by myself, Lindsay LaPointe. Music featured by Adam Crawley. If you would like more information about the festival, visit BatesDanceFestival.org.